Hello everyone, welcome to Inspiring Chaos. If you do not know who I am, hi, my name is Eunice. I'm the host and founder of this amazing Vistorian community and welcome to another episode. I am very excited you're tuning in because for this Sunday, um, we have the amazing, the extraordinary, the incredible, the talented, the impressive, the extraordinary, the remarkable Raquel Marie. Um, She is an uprising writer and author. And um, when I asked her if she wanted to form part of the podcast, and she said yes, I didn't think she was going to look at the message, but she did. And she said yes. And I got very excited because she's someone who I admire so much. Her her book, Ophelia After All, is super amazing. And when I read it, I you know, I knew I wanted her to form part of the podcast and talk about her journey becoming an author. And um, she just talked about it throughout the episode, throughout the interview. And it was amazing to have her and to form part. Um, she does give her social media at the end. So stay tuned for the whole thing. Go follow her. Also follow us if you'd like to at Inspiring Chaos with Eunice. Um, and follow us there on Instagram and also on YouTube if you'd like to. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to have her for the podcast and for her to share her journey, her journey becoming a writer and what it means to her and she is coming out with a new book in 2023 so she does talk a little bit about that so i'm very excited to read her book because ophelia after all was amazing and i know for sure the next book is going to be even more amazing um and yeah i know for sure this is only beginning in her career in her journey and i just can't wait to see it all so now let's go on hearing raquel's inspiring story of success For today's guest, we have Raquel Marie, who is a YA author. Her book, Ophelia After All, got released earlier this year, and her upcoming book, You Don't Have a Shot, will be released in 2023 on May 9th. Thank you for being here. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> okay, so I want to start off with asking you, when did your love for writing begin? It started really young for me. I wanted to be an author from a very young age, but I think it was fueled by my love of storytelling. Uh, I grew up with two older siblings and a lot of older cousins. So there was a lot of games of like <laughs> make believe, a lot of playing with dolls, a lot of playing like hide and go seek and just a lot of stuff that really fueled my love for like making up things and fu- following my imagination. Um, but also I'm a, in a family of a lot of like talkers and storytellers. So from a young age, I was in an environment where I was very heavily encouraged to be creative and thinking up things and telling stories and tales. So actually physically writing came like a little bit later. I was still like seven. So I was still very young, but like from a very young age, I feel like I was in an environment where a lot of people were really encouraging storytelling. Yeah. Um, I would love if you could talk a little bit about Ophelia After All and also um, your upcoming book, You Don't Have a Shot. Yeah. So Ophelia After All is a YA contemporary coming out slash of age story. It's about 17-year-old Ophelia Rojas, who is questioning her sexuality and her sense of self in the weeks leading up to her senior prom and high school graduation. Um, So it's a very fun sort of slice of life story, a lot of identity crises, a lot about friendship and love and family um, and change and growing up. Uh, I wrote it when I was 19 and it came out when I was was like 23 yes <laughs> but time, I just had my birthday so I'm having a hard time remembering how old I am at times um so it was a huge part of my journey with my sexuality but um it's also a book that I really love and I'm happy it was my first book um and then you don't have a shot comes out next year in May like you said and this pitch is harder for me to remember because I've, I've been saying the Ophelia <laughs> pitch for months now but you don't have a shot pitch is a YA contemporary romance about rival soccer captains who have to team up at a soccer camp and captain the same team after the main character caused a physical altercation between the two of them 
during a very important game that jeopardized her college scout chances. That that book is a lot, <laughs> a lot choppier. Um, but that book is really fun because it deals heavily with soccer. And my parents met because their families played soccer together. So soccer oh, is a really big yeah. thing in my family. Um, and then that one is a romance, which I've never really written an explicit romance before. So that was really fun. Uh, and the main character is a lot different than Ophelia. She's not a big romantic about sex and every <laughs> introspective. She's very like, I just want to play soccer uh, and not deal with my feelings. So two different books, but I love them a lot. Yes, I'm very excited for the upcoming book. I read Ophelia and it truly is amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, um, you attended UCI and got a BA in English. Um, do you think mm-hmm. it's important to get a degree in English to become a writer? Yes and no. I definitely think getting my degree helped. I make a lot of jokes about how I didn't need it for my job because <laughs> there aren't like official requirements to being an author. But Ophelia, after all, contains a lot of literary references that all came from the classes that I was taking at the time of writing the book. The fact that she's named after a character from Hamlet came from that. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of inspiration from my English classes and I love reading and writing and literary analysis. So I, I gained a lot from my degree regardless of that, but I don't think it's mandatory. And I think there are a lot of authors who either have degrees in completely different subjects or don't have degrees at all that still have super fulfilling careers. So it just depends on the person. I think it can be helpful um, and it can give you a little more structural support because being an author is not the most stable career. <laughs> but uh, but there are a lot of people who never have any type of like formal education in English who are incredible authors. So it really just depends on the person and what you're interested in. Um, before you decided to become a writer, was there another career you were interested in? Yes. So I wanted to be an author from a young age. I said I was going to be an author and an illustrator. And then I grew up and I can't draw. So the illustrator <laughs> thing, thing fell away. But that was when I was really young. And by the time I was reaching like fifth grade, I used to be really into sewing. And everyone was like, oh, that should be your career. You should do that. And I don't know why at age 10, I was like, being an author is not a stable career, but being a fashion designer is. (laughs) So I thought from like age 11 until like I was a teenager, I was going to go to college and get a degree in business. And then I was going to go to fashion school afterward. Like I had this whole plan where I was like, it's sensible. I'll get the solid business degree first. Then I'll go to fashion school. But I just, I didn't have the same drive for fashion design that I had for writing and the same sort of discipline. I never wanted to use patterns. I never wanted to like hem things. I never wanted to do stuff in any type of structural way. And not that you need to do that, but you have to kind of learn the rules before you can break them. And so it, it just wasn't, it was always this thing that I thought was just like more sensible. And when I became a teenager, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And people were talking about, what do you want to major in college? What do you want to do? And writing was still this thing I cared about so much. So I was kind of like, all right, if I'm going to have to grow up and pick something anyways, like let's at least <laughs> do something that I like and enjoy. Yeah. So I started taking writing really seriously when I was like 16. So that's when I started researching, like, how do you get a literary agent? How do you get a book deal? Um, so there was there was a, a period of time where writing was not my focus and fashion design was my ins- aspirations. But uh, but writing has always been sort of like the undercurrent of my my aspirational dreams. Yeah. Um, who inspires you to continue working towards your dream? 
it's a combination of stuff I think my friends and my family obviously plays play a huge part like I said a lot a lot of them contributed to my love of storytelling um and like my younger self makes me always want to keep going uh the fact that I had these dreams and goals at times where I get frustrated by the step I'm at I'm like I never thought I'd get this far so like just keep going but also just other media that I consume, like stories that move me. I think whenever I read a really good book or listen to a really good song or watch a really good show and I feel something, whether it's good or bad, just something like very almost like primal, <laughs> then I want to do it for other people. It's a really cool thing that we can consume other people's art and feel such intense emotion. And it makes me want to do that for other people. So that's, I feel like that's kind of the main thing that drives me is just Anytime I consume something that makes me feel a certain way, I'm like, wait, I want to do this for someone else. Or like, I want to fix the thing that frustrates <laughs> me about this in my work. Or I want to like appeal to this same core feeling. Uh, just, just sort of being able to replicate that connection with other people is a really cool aspect of creation. Who is someone who um, you look up to in your field? Ooh. I really look up to Courtney Summers. She's a, a YA author who started to do some like crossover stuff. Um, but I started reading her books when I was like 11, which I was too young to be reading <laughs> them. Um, but she also debuted, I think, at like 22, 23. So about the same age as me. And for years was just my favorite author. I loved reading her books. They um, she writes a lot about like contemporary books with really, really messy teenage girls and it validated me at a young age to be like oh you can write about just like teenage girls having feelings and going through this stuff and it like respected like those emotions and how like feral it can be to be a teenage <laughs> girl um, and and so she was publishing for years and years and then you know has now started to hit lists and and be a little more like publicly appreciated like she's always had an amazing career but it was always inspiring to me, like the longevity of her career and how she continues to try out new things and all of her work still feels like very fresh and interesting. So she's someone I really look up to. She's also a lovely person that I've, I've had the opportunity to talk with her online. So it's also, it's a very like opposite of don't meet your heroes moment, like <laughs> meeting, like communicating with her has been lovely the few times that we have. Um, so she's someone that I've always really like looked toward as inspiration as far as like the integrity of her career in my eyes is really admirable um do you think the arts is a very competitive field yes it's it's a weird field too because it's still like I feel very grateful that I'm in publishing I have had the blessed opportunity to work with so many people that I've enjoyed working with but it's also a very exploitative industry the same way mm -hmm. that most industries are <laughs> And it's not accessible. Like there are so many authors who like live in poverty or have to make GoFundMes to like deal with like, we don't get health insurance. We don't get like benefits. Like, so I have a lot of frustrations with the industry because I think it's structured so that it's not always accessible to people who don't come from any type of financial security, whether that's like your family, your spouse, you know, prior education. If you don't have that net support, like it's, it's a pretty hard industry to be in. Um, which is just disappointing because how many books are we missing out on and how many editors and publicists yeah. and marketers are we missing out on because they can't afford to move to New York or they can't afford to live off of weirdly split advance checks. So it's it's a competitive industry and in that the way that it's structured often makes it seem like there is a very limited amount of supplies and like, you know, sort of take what you can get and be happy <laughs> with it. But there's it's 
it's a booming industry um, and arts clearly matter to people. It's always going to be something that matters to people. So there should be more care and consideration <laughs> done for all the people who are working in the various levels, whether that's authors, publishing employees. Um, but it, it can be competitive too in that people often compare themselves with other people that are creating. But I found the most joy in publishing from like, being in solidarity with other authors like if someone has a release date that's the same as mine you know we get really excited and like you know make it like a thing we're joined in on or you know if we're both writing similar books we're like oh let's like let's do an event together like oh we can recommend each other's books if people are interested in like this type of subject matter um sort of reminding ourselves there's room at the table for all of us like as much as the industry sort of wants us to think we all have to be against (laughs) each other like we can all be together here there's enough space for all of us Um, Do you think it's important to have connections in the field? Yes and no. Like publishing is different than a lot of industries because we don't really have like industry plants and stuff. That's not really a thing that can happen here based on how it's structured. Um, I think that the helpful connection is that when you have other people who are in the industry to talk to about stuff Mm -hmm. or inform you about things, it's less of like, oh, here, like I'll get my agent to sign you versus like, oh, you're writing a query letter, like, here are tips for how to structure it. Like, I I had gotten into the online book community from doing reviews and making YouTube videos and being really active on Twitter. So when I was coming around to querying and going on sub, I had people who had been through that before who could give me advice on things, who could be a support network for me. Um, when I'm looking at, like, different contract stuff or publishing stuff, I can turn to my friends and say, like, have you guys dealt with this? Or do you know what to do here? Is this, do I ask someone about this? Um, So I think it's helpful in that sense, like, having those types of connections, because it really makes it easier to survive. It's a very, (laughs) it's a very opaque industry. And so, like, I try to be really open when people ask me questions or email me, like, asking about stuff, because I was fortunate enough that I had, like, a few people who had been through it before to give me advice. And I just think there should be more uh, transparency about how it works. But um, as far as connections go, I guess I don't I don't know about a lot of like the formal stuff. We don't really do (laughs) industry plants. And I also I didn't have any type of like formal connection, any type of like friend of a friend that could get me a book deal. So um, so I guess that's hopeful for people. You don't need (laughs) connections to get a deal. Like I was just like someone on Twitter. So (laughs) It's not a requirement that shouldn't be discouraging to anyone if they don't have any type of formal connections. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give anyone who's interested in becoming a writer? Oh, I have I have sort of a twofold thing. I have one that's about the industry itself that I've given a lot, which is like a book deal is not a favor. Again, I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing people. Like, I really love the team I work with. I've been with the same editor for all my books. I've been with the same agent for all of my books. Um, And I've worked with, like, the same publicists, marketers. And so I really love that I work with people who I, I really enjoy working with them. But when I started in the industry, I was still pretty young. Like, I signed with my agent right before turning 21. And I sold my first book when I, like, six months later. And... I'm fortunate that I was working with people who didn't like take advantage of my naivete or like, I felt like I was so lucky to be here that I was like, Oh, I'll do anything. Like you guys can say whatever you want and I'll do it. And I'm lucky that I worked with people who didn't take advantage of that, but not everyone's fortunate. And so I think people need to know, like when you get a book deal, that means they think they can make money off of you. So this is not like no one's being nice to you. No one's doing you a little favor. Like this is a business transaction. You, you, 
like you're meant to be here. Like it's mm-hmm. not an imposter syndrome thing. It's not like you got lucky, you got fortunate. There's a degree of that, but like you deserve to be here and don't let like the fear of, oh, they're going to fire me suddenly if I have an opinion <laughs> on something like keep you from, from speaking your mind. Uh, and also that like good rep that no representation is better than bad representation. I know people who have had like bad agents, bad editors, and have just gotten into nightmare situations because of it. And like, it's, it's not worth all of that. Dealing with all of that <laughs> is not worth it. Like there will be other opportunities that, that come to you. Um, and as far as just like the actual creative aspect of writing, my favorite advice is to let, pe- let yourself write bad writing like let yourself write <laughs> write, write poorly um first drafts are almost always bad like this you're on track if they're bad <laughs> and also that people will have like a great idea and then they start writing it and it doesn't look exactly like they imagine mm-hmm. it's supposed to be and so they immediately get discouraged but it's like you got to revise that like 12 times before you're getting it in the right place and that should be like hopeful to you because it means there's not something wrong with you specifically because the first draft doesn't look good like this is what everyone deals with um people who are like 12 books deep into their career are still like yeah I don't know how to write a book every time I start writing one so really just give yourself permission to be bad at first like you can fix it later yeah um what advice would you give your younger self Ooh. This one's hard because whenever I think of this hypothetical, I'm always like, <laughs> if I give myself advice that like was a lesson I learned through my struggles, uh-huh. like like that, like <laughs> I'm happy with where I've gotten, so I don't want to mess it up. Like as if it's some type of like time machine thing. Um, but I think a big thing is like just be kinder to myself. Mm. I've seen a lot on social media over the past year, and also a lesson I've learned from writing for teenagers and kids is just that we're not very nice to children and teenagers. Like we talk about them and like, oh, they're so cringy. My outfits were so ugly. My hair was ugly. I was annoying, all this (laughs) stuff. And like, it's fair. It's fine to make fun of yourself, but also like you're reiterating things you were also probably struggling with at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, And it's so much easier to just be like, "Ah, I was a kid. Like it was my first time being a human being. Like it's still all of our first time. So it's fair that we make some mistakes and stumbles along the way. And like the idea of you can't hate yourself into a version of yourself you like is a big thing. Like you, you have to be kind to yourself in order to like reward yourself for making steps into self-improvement or like, you know, speaking out and doing your thing, uh, like shame and self-hatred don't really do a lot for you. (laughs) Um, so I think that would, that would be my big advice to my younger self is just like, be kinder to yourself. Like you'll, you'll work it out, but hating yourself is really not going to do you any favors in the long run yeah um for the last question I might ask how would you like to be remembered oh oh that's very (laughs) (laughs) that's very philosophical um I don't know like in simple terms I guess is like I don't know I want to say a good person but that even feels like messed with I don't know that I that I tried to be a good person I think that's Mm -hmm. a good one that like that I tried to make the lives of people around me better, that I tried to put kindness into the world, that the things that I created, I did with good intentions and in the hopes of connecting with other people. Um, so I think I can be good with that because a lot of other big legacy stuff as far as like <laughs> career things or grand things I've done, like, I don't know, but I think, I think that that's a feasible thing that I can accomplish is like trying to be a good person is, is something I'd like to be remembered as. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much i would love if you can share your social media with all of us 
Yes. Okay. So my Instagram is blonde underscore with underscore a underscore book. <laughs> and then Twitter, even though that seems to be imploding, is blonde with a book all together, but the O's and book are zeros. <laughs> and then my TikTok is Raquel underscore Marie underscore. And I think that's it. I think that's, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in for whole thing. Go follow Raquel right now and every single platform because she absolutely deserves it. Go follow her and everything because you don't want to miss out on the new content that she's taking out and also on following her. And also follow us if you would like to. And yeah, that is all for this Sunday's episode. I hope you had an amazing start of your week and talk to you all next time. Bye.